0: All right. Today on the Righteous Remnant podcast, we have some very special guests. We have with us Bevlin Beatty and Edme Siobhan. A lot of you guys are familiar with them. Um, they've been, you know, kind of blowing up. I've been sharing their videos with lots of different people. So we're really excited to have you guys on. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi thank you for having us Absolutely. <laughs> and also on special on our podcast today, my wife, Hannah, is joining <laughs> us for the first time ever. You might have heard her. She was actually featured in our group podcast a couple weeks ago. She blew up. she was awesome, but she really wanted to join this interview also so we're going to do kind of a group interview today. Welcome, mm-hmm. wife. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Bevelin and Edmay, we would just love it if you could start by telling us a little bit of your story. What we'd love to hear is kind of your history in God. How did you get these convictions?
1: Mm-hmm. How did we get these convictions? Uh, I'll say for me, uh, obviously, it was gradual. Uh, I was born and raised in uh, France but in Europe, uh, secular so but i always loved america i didn't know why at the time i only knew that there was a sense of freedom so coming here not being safe not being a christian through a set of circumstances i became a christian Mm -hmm. and uh when that happened it changed a lot of things uh i used to be a racist i'm no longer a racist uh that was one of the uh, first signs that i knew that god had done something in my heart Mm -hmm. uh and i also um had more of a liberal slash pro-black, I would have been a perfect candidate for a BLM uh, interview. That that would have been perfect for that. Uh, However, the more I got in the word, the more I realized that this is not the way. Uh, God is not about flesh, uh, it's about the spirit. And so in that, that made me conservative right then and there as far as like uh, starting my walk. I've been saved now for almost 20 years. Um, However, when Better Than I started to hit the streets Um, and started to see what happens on the streets and the the Democrat impact on our inner cities uh, realized that no wonder uh, God is saying you can do this and you cannot do that because Mm -hmm. it costs, it costs us a lot. Uh, uh, Just sleeping with anybody, it costs, it costs fatherlessness, it costs abortion, it costs to do these things. And so the more we got on the streets, the more we became conservative. That's right.
2: Um, for me, I basically grew up um, more so in a city in a sense of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my mom, on welfare, single, um, basically Democrat by default. All I knew was that I was a Democrat because I was black and basically the liberal mm-hmm. mindsets that I had in a sense of worldview were based off of that. Um, aside from certain things I would learn going to church, in and out of church, mm-hmm. uh, which in a, in a sense were conservative views. But I didn't know it. It's like, you know, we're, we're Black, we're Democrat. That's just what it is. Um, and once I got saved, I had radically got saved by the Lord. And after that happened, I met Ed May. And um, we started to go out on the streets. And again, uh, while... Out doing ministry, I knew what was going on, mm-hmm. but I didn't know why it was going on. And so we started to indulge into the history, and that's when what, that's what I learned about Lyndon Bain Johnson. And I, I learned that, you know, it was the Confederates who a Democrat who wanted to keep slavery. Uh, school didn't teach that. Um, I, I didn't understand the concept of what welfare was doing to the, the community, especially a Black community, until I got out there and I seen, wow, this is the reason why uh, so many young men have so much time on their hands. This is how they get into gangs um this is why you know a woman has 10 different men as her baby daddy with all of these different kids and they're all neglected i'm like okay this you know welfare has played a a humongous part in enablement and i'm realizing okay wow these democrats they say one thing but it results in another and after all of these years I'm sure it's not just a, co- a coincidence or an accident that every policy they're basically bringing is in, in a sense enabling us and hurting us. And I realized, no, this is a tr- strategic, oh my goodness, sorry, I have my phone on do not disturb, but I guess he's calling me five mm-hmm. times. I had a strategic, uh, I realized it was a strategic agenda that they had to, um, I guess, hinder the black community. Mm-hmm. And now understanding who the Democrats came from, it made sense. Okay, you know, they're they're the ones who wanted slavery. They're the ones who said that we're good for nothing aside from being slaves. And obviously, once they lost that agenda, they still had a vendetta outside of slavery to suppress the blacks. And they've done it. They've done And successfully, we've allowed them to do so. I will say that. But, you know, that's really what brought forth that heart, knowing the gospel, knowing the truth, getting out there in the streets and seeing it for myself.
0: Yeah, you know, we're so we're working with mostly asians in southern california that's kind of our community i'm half korean my wife is is full korean so we work with a lot of asians and um you know we're on university campuses a lot working with university Mm -hmm. students and um it is it is taken like gospel truth today that systemic Mm -hmm. racism is real and systemic Mm -hmm. racism is destroying the african-american community could you just share a little bit of your heart for that message because in the Asian community, you know, I get this a lot. Like when I start speaking on race things, I probably get more hate than anything else. I speak out on abortion. I speak mm-hmm. out on homosexuality, but it's when I touch race, people get really upset at me because I'm not black. And they, you know, mm-hmm. that this comes after all the time. You're not black. You don't know what they go through. You don't <laughs> know. And, and you're just saying this. And cause I'm half white, you know, I get accused of being a white supremacist, but I bet you guys get accused of being white supremacists too, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, we
1: do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's sick. Yeah. It's sick. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, sorry,
0: go ahead. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: no the word idolatry. Just mm-hmm. this is just idolatry mm-hmm. at this stage. It's nothing else. And now they're trying to push that same agenda with y'all Asians. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they, they they're running out of material and so now they have to stretch it and i mean who i mean out of all the groups in in america i would say that you would be the ones that you know you're about working and about making a, a living and succeeding in this country and, and and the studies that you do you 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 learn very hard that's part of your culture you don't have time usually for this nonsense but mm-hmm. they, they, they they've tried the, the, the hispanics and the blacks and now it's running out of steam and so they're going after you but what you're encountering in these colleges I mean, it's, it's been going on for a very long time. It's a Marxist ploy. It's an antichrist ploy. Mm-hmm. It renders the blood of Jesus null and void. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's someone in the world that says you're a white supremacist and whatnot, okay, fine, you in the world. But if that's a Christian, they are literally going against the gospel. They are literally rendering what Christ has done on the cross as nothing. They're trampling on the foot because they're saying color is stronger than the blood of Jesus, is stronger than the kingdom of God. And that's what the problem is. And I believe that was also the heart behind why Bev came up with that Jesus Matters slogan. Mm. Because in that, we heard a lot of the argument when people would say all lives matter, those BLM people would say, no, you you can't. And so they would find so much to discuss. But Bev, I don't know if you want to expand on that when you would say Jesus matters.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... When I spoke on Jesus mattering, I I wanted to counter any type of concept outside of him mattering and I felt like you know, if you if you come against Jesus matters, you're basically coming against Jesus and you're exposing to me your true heart in the in the matter. Because even if you're black, no matter what your color is, Jesus has to matter in your life. Um, and that, for me, really exposed the Antichrist agenda outside of what they presented yes. to you blatantly. Um, and to speak on Asians and Koreans, what I find so foolish is that. Even Asians know how much Blacks have privilege in this country. Obviously, they do. That's why they put that they're Black on college applications. Right. Uh, they know affirmative action exists. And what, what I don't understand is how they came from these countries and they had grandparents and parents who worked to the bone who had nothing but made something out of nothing. And now they're living off of the sex, success of it. But now in a sense, you have the audacity to basically stick your nose up at black mm. people and say, oh, it's oppression for you. It's mm. it's, 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 it's hard for you. Mm. It's, it's it's racist, it's racist. You got uppity, you got high and mighty, but don't forget your parents were doing laundry. They started laundry mats and restaurants just so you could have the best education and nothing stopped them. So what makes you think it's gonna stop up? All Obvi- the mm-hmm. us, obviously there's an issue in our community, a cultural issue mm-hmm. as to why well, we're not where you're at, just keep it a hundred. Mm-hmm. But this snooty, it's like a it's like a fake uh, yeah. considerate slash snooty attitude to where, you know, they're black and you just don't know they're struggling. You don't mm-hmm. understand <laughs> what they've been through. And I just yeah. feel like it's the most disrespectful yeah. attitude to have and they have no room to have it, you know? And if anything, the one thing they have up on us and they should challenge us on is that how is it that these foreigners keep coming to America and have less opportunities than we do, yet do more than we do? That speaks volumes on what's going on. Basically, uh, the people here don't appreciate what they have and they haven't taken advantage of it. Because even if you're Black and you're from Africa, you can come to America and do 10,000 times better than an African-American and ain't Blacker than us. Okay, so it ain't about color, ratio, and all of that. That don't yeah. make no sense to me. It's all a lie from the pit of hell. And
3: I just, I feel like it's disrespectful. Yeah. Yes. I mm-hmm. yeah. love good. it. I love it. It's refreshing <laughs> to me. It's so refreshing to me. Yeah. It's true. I've, I've watched make so you many. you play this for your cousins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've watched so many of your guys' videos, and I've felt so encouraged by it. You know, I've struggled with anxiety my whole life. And I think in the Asian community, a lot of us struggle with timidity, you know, yeah. being quiet. But I felt like it was almost like an answered prayer. Like you yeah, guys yeah. were speaking such courage into my spirit and into my soul, you know. And so I'm I'm feeling so refreshed right now. I love it. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Amen. We yeah. will. Yeah. Amen. But I do have a question about the Asian stuff. You know, I'm. Almost every day I go to my husband, and I'm like, "Hun, what's going on? Like, why are so many people into this new woke gospel? It's about how you make someone feel, right? Like if Jesus was here, he would make them feel loved. So you cannot confront people. You cannot say absolutes. And a lot of I feel like our peers and our generation Asians are all going into this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like questioning, what's the pull? What is what is the attraction into that type of gospel message is that you win them only through words of love and, and, and not making them feel in any way condemned or or smaller? You know, what What are you guys' thoughts on that?
2: It's. It's a, the thing is, it's a selfish gospel
3: because mm-hmm.
2: if you want to make people feel good in a sense, you make yourself look good mm-hmm. and you never want the confrontation because you don't want to be that guy that's, you know, kind of stuck out like, oh, you don't agree with everything going on. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of peer pressure yeah. in, in, in our community, socially, uh, even on social media to, media to where if you don't agree um they come at you and they mm-hmm. attack you in this feel good gospel it's like it's it's you you're not really countering or challenging the issue you're making the issue feel good for being mm-hmm. the issue um and in a sense it makes you look good and it's incumbent in you it's not in the gospel of Jesus Christ you know when i would go to grocery stores um and i would see parents who would allow their children to run around the store and pick up bags and throw them and just act out Mm -hmm. and I would watch I would look at that parent with a disdain because I will be like why the hell are you not disciplining your child for me you don't love your child because why would you allow your child Mm -hmm. to think it's okay to run around in public like that what's going on obviously the parent doesn't want to look bad So they're willing to allow their child to act a whole fool to keep themselves from looking bad. But I've seen where, you know, a parent who truly loves their kid, they're not going to focus on how everybody views them. They're going to pop that child because they understand, listen, you need to get it together because you are acting up and it is just, it's not gonna work, all right? And this is for the child's future because it's cute when they're three, but by time they get nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, you got a menace on your hands, you know what I mean? But it takes a parent that loves the child enough to disregard how they're viewed. Um, At some point, we have to die to ourselves and love God's word more than the way we're viewed. Um, And that's really the integrity of the heart that God is looking after. Uh, He's looking for a wife who's loyal um, and that loves him and doesn't lord her own uh, uh, relationship over him, you know, and knows to lead through serving. And right now in this, in this era, um, it, you know, like Timothy said, you know, in these days, people are going to be lovers of themselves. This new gospel is a love of yourself. You love yourself more than you love the Lord. You want to pervert the law, you're perverting principles. And what you fail to realize, I just was listening to this and I said something so genius. He said, you know, if you, if a fish comes out of water, you don't have to kill it. It's going to die because it's violated its own principle. If I just wake up one day and decide I'm not going to breathe oxygen, I'm tired of it. I'm 30 years old. I'm just done. I need something new. Okay, I'm going to go ahead in that water. In about 20 minutes, I'm going to be meeting my makeup. There's just certain law and principle that needs to be maintained no matter how people feel about it, but it protects their life basically. And uh, and until we can get to that place and are confident in that through Christ, you're going to continue to have fake Christians like that who co-sign this uh, new gospel. Uh, But again, where are the prophetic individuals that can stand up and say, that's a lie and you're wrong and challenge that. And that's when things are going to shift.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the scripture says, Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord perceives the heart. And I think that there is this thing in the church where we can get really religious and we judge by the outward appearance in a sense like, you know, you give the appearance of being holy or of being, you know, kept up or nice or something Mm -hmm. like that. And just being blunt, I look at you guys. And it's like, I see rawness, right? I see some raw faith. Like, I see you going out in New York and you're painting over the Black Lives Matter sign. I mean, I'm like... I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, shoot, can they do that? Like, (laughs) you know, but... (laughs) I I mean, just I'm just being honest right now. For me as a pastor, this is something I struggle with because you can feel like this desire, like, hey, I want to speak out and speak strongly, but I'm also afraid. Am I going to say it exactly right? Are people going to understand? And I just think there's this thing in the church where we're so afraid of not being able to do it perfect that we're not even going to step out and try and do something. That's right. right? And I, I just wanted to ask... When you guys went out to New York and you painted over the thing, what was your thought process in all of that? Was it just like I got – did you get like a dream from the Lord or something like that? Was it just like, hey, I hate that thing. I'm going to go paint over it.
1: Yeah, a a series of events. I mean, we were hearing them, the BLM murals popping out all across the nation. They have uh, BLM streets named after them now. And I I was offended. You know, Blessed City was not offended because of me. I thank God that I'm not offended because of Christ. But I tell you what, when the enemy does these stupid things, it really offends me. And for me, uh, the offense was so real. And so there was a vendetta in me. And and, and same for Beth and yeah. other reasons as well. But even the planning of it, um, it was just we knew at some point we would have to hit. <laughs> and we would hear the things that were going on in front of Trump Towers and how they did it you know, and they would have it guarded. Now the same people that they want to it, they want to make the sure they're using to them guard it. to guard in front of it. So <laughs> yeah. what is this travesty mm-hmm. that we're dealing with? And nobody says anything. And now you're hearing pastors, white pastors that are bowing and and, and, and white people black watching, people and black people. And watch people see. See. I mean, yeah. how, how much can we, can, can we handle? And so it was just, it was getting there. It was getting there. Like yeah. the dam broke and it got to a place where, you know, we started to plan on doing it. And uh, I, I I wanted the confrontation. I wanted somebody to say something. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we decided. And the to church re- was folding so yeah. much. Yeah. It seemed
2: yeah. as if the Christians, like, where was the Christians that was fighting this? And I mean, I'm sure there were pastors and leaders that would, but they would, you know, smite them. But it was like, I know for me and Ed, maybe we were no. like, well, where's the real Christian no. fight against no. this? Like, how are people how falling for this bait? And I know I think the ice on the cake for both of us mm-hmm. really was when um. We saw those white people washing black people's feet. Yes. And we've seen on CBN. Oh. CBN was co-signing.
1: We was like, CBN? <laughs> no, everybody needs in fear. Everybody.
2: It's yeah. like, I mean, yeah. the structure of Christian values yeah. was falling yeah. like, yeah. like yeah. dominoes. Yeah. Falling. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just like, you know what, we're not gonna, we're not no. gonna fall. We're gonna, we're gonna stand against this. Yeah. And by this point, we had already got arrested twice. Yeah. We realized that's not a big deal. God has been with us and he's co-signed us constantly. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you know, us Christians, we've, we've taken on a Gideon spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, God told Gideon, I'm going to lead you to win. I'm going to lead you to victory. And Gideon was so insecure that he needed his fleece, which God accommodated him. You know, when it, one day it was, the fleece was wet. The next day the grass was dry, the fleece was dry, or the wet, the fleece was wet, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But Gideon needed all of this kind of confirmation to do what was clearly God's will. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like we're at a place where we're past that. We have the counsel of Holy Spirit. Um, We should know the heart of the Father. And he has always been one to say, I want you to challenge the lie. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the way back to Elijah, Mm -hmm. Enoch. I mean, it's never changed. When there was sin in the camp, when there was a cultural shift, There was prophetic people who stood up and really not in the sense prophesying through uh, what what thus saith themselves, but through principle, through the law of God saying, listen, if you continue to go forth like this, this is what's going to happen. This is going to be the result. Mm -hmm. Hey, this, if you come up out of that water, you're going to die, right? If you continue to co-sign LGBTQ and all this stuff that you're doing, you're going to destroy this country from Mm -hmm. the inside out, the same way Rome did. Rome was destroyed from the inside out, right? So for me and made our heart was totally just coming against that and telling the truth because we realized so many people we thought were Christians. Mm-hmm. COVID exposed, like, the heart of what true Christians really were and what they weren't. And people we looked up to, people we believed they were folding. And we were just like, obviously, we have we a last one standing, which we had to
1: shake ourselves out of that um belief that elijah i mean yeah yeah i thank god i mean i i I, you know better to think that you're the only ones but it's it's it was challenging because you and especially the christians that you had around us Mm -hmm. they would be no no you be quiet you come down you you know so we've had had a track record of christians with that they were but they were totally against being loud yes uh, or Trying to expose what the enemy was doing. So, as long as it was pious, you see, earlier you mentioned how there's a form of godliness and you look good. As long as it looked good, then you would have Christians sharing along. But the moment that it didn't look so good, and people would even wonder, is this God? Because yeah. now they would think it's the flesh. Then, now all of a sudden, there is a position from the church herself. And so it was confusing at first, but we were at the point when the paint thing was going on to where we couldn't care less anymore. We could care less. I'm I mean, sorry. and I I, 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 so I remember telling Dave, I wanted to say, say so. I want to say, say something. <laughs> yeah, we want to pour that paint, and I want anyone that comes to me to say, say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I, we wanted a fight. Yeah, we really wanted a fight because we're sick and tired. Yeah, sick and tired. Yeah. How long are you going to tell the audience of the living God? How long to have the, the, the guy with the sneakers, Satan sneakers? How long is the church mm-hmm. going to co-sign by her silence the ungodliness in this church? Yes. How long? Yes. How long? Because yes. the, uh, the 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 opposite can't, I not not right too- they the little bit of thing they will go and they will mob any company, yeah. any business. What you didn't say something against that? The business may not have to do anything with what's going on, yeah. but they will have a mob mentality. I'm not saying the church should do the same thing, but by God, they should be at least the same result. Where's our backbone? I mean, seriously. Yeah. So that's all those things that I believe
2: truly motivated us to go out there. And, and, and we realized how many people that say they're Christian are really ashamed of the gospel oh, of yeah. Jesus Christ. They're ashamed of him. Um, they're embarrassed. Uh, you're trying to put up a front to make him look good. He don't need you no. to make him look good. A, a, Romans 1, he says, clearly, you can see when you look out your window that there's a God. Hmm. So who do you think you are? What do, what portion yeah. do you play in being fake nice so that you can look good? If he's the true living God, he's going to show himself. Yeah. A, I mean, regardless, he's going to show himself, period. But I'm going to stand on truth. And that's it. That's That's what I'm called to do. So I'm going to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and to just to add to what you just said, the enemy relies on that niceness. Yes, he does. He relies on the church being cute and
2: nice. Yeah, he likes That's that.
1: That's been his bread and butter to advance his agenda. Yes. As long as they're cute and nice, I'm going to dance my way. I'm going to step my way into advancing the devil's agenda. That's what the kingdom of darkness is about. And we've heard it from darkness itself. When we go in and we would confront people, they would tell us, Why don't you feed us? You're Christians. Mm -hmm. You're (laughs) supposed to feed us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wait, what? Mm -hmm. Feed you. Feed. I mean, I could feed you, but that's what you expect of me because I'm a Christian?
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I I watched, were you guys in? There was one confrontation you had on one of your lives with um, some young some young homeless people on the street who were yes, yelling those that's things it. at that's you. That's what we're talking about. Right? <laughs> and I, I feel like that's what a lot of the church uses as accusations against people who do what you do is, no, you're supposed mm-hmm. to just love on them in that way. But the <gasps> Bible says the truth sets us free, right? Amen. Like what is actually killing that young girl? You know, she has a spiritual sickness, but she's asking you for food, right? <laughs> and going back to the BLM sign, when you were spreading the paint on it, I just started crying because it reminded me in the Bible where David goes out and he he yells right. He's like, "Who is this uncircumcised Philistine?" Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we've we've been praying and and asking God for more voices like yours who will challenge that demonic that demonic delusion and principality that's trying to cover our nation right now. And so for me, I cried because I felt like you were a warrior. You guys were warriors challenging that voice like David did, a demonic principality that was trying to come over their land. And he stood up and he said, who are you? I know who my God is, right? And so... Mm -hmm. You, I recognize that you're fighting a spiritual battle here. And I feel right. like the church doesn't realize that. And we're so caught up in the carnal matters. Feed them, give them something to eat, right? Mm-hmm. But the battle is spiritual individuals and for our nation, you know, principalities and such. And so I just, what do you say to people who, I know you get this a lot, right? You're talking about like, let's be nice. The church says that. What's the line between confronting and letting things go, or the spirit of, I'm trying to form my question, but you know you're saying like a lot, I'm sure it's like tone it down, Bevel, and tone it down, yeah. you're too intense, you're too harsh. How do you deal with that? Well,
2: the, the key component that a lot of Christians don't understand is that me and Edmay we commune and walk with the Holy Spirit. He is our counselor and we acknowledge him as that, you know, um, sometimes we even see when we're speaking in tongues, people are like, why are you speaking in mm-hmm. tongues? And why are you, you know, and I mean, even that they want toned down mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. don't understand mm-hmm. it. They're mm-hmm. ignorant. Right. But what I have learned a while through serving the Lord is that he is, again, a discerner of the heart. Mm-hmm. So God is always focused on the heart's intent. And I use this as an example, men. I, I understand what men go through, because I feel like I've seen this in the dream when the Lord had given me this dream. There's this constant challenge against masculinity and man's manhood. Um, and I believe once a man can be broken, um, everything else is, <laughs> is, 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 is out with the fish. Whether people want to acknowledge that or not, that's the truth. Right. So. Uh, throughout a man's childhood, they go through this constant place where they're being told to tone down, tone down, tone down. And I even heard a pastor at one point say, you know, um, I got this fire in me, but then I have to pull it in because I don't want to be too her And I'm like, wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. If God put a lion in you. He, he doesn't want you to muzzle the lion, but it's the sermon of the heart that you have to check. You know, you have to measure love through Christ and what's the heart's desire in this? If you're saying something because you want to be right and you want to make a point to affirm yourself, then no, you have the wrong heart mm-hmm. and it will profit you nothing. The Bible says if it, if it doesn't have love, it profits you nothing. But what about when it is love? Come on, come on. Well, it, obviously it's the opposite. You you have much to gain when the agenda is love. I'm not gonna sit in front of you and tell you that it's okay for you to live a homosexual lifestyle and then say out of my mouth that I love you because I'm a liar and the truth is not in me. My heart intent is to let you know the truth. Why? Because there is a place of outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and there is no rewind. Um, and you may not like me now, But we can celebrate in the New Jerusalem together. But that's the end goal. That's the end agenda. Uh, A parent doesn't uh, co-sign a child for the moment. A parent is looking at their future. A parent is looking ahead of them. And so the parent is speaking in love and correcting based off of what's ahead. The father does the same for us. And we are... Living sacrifices, his helpmate. So we should have the exact same agenda agenda the Father does, because Jesus says, "I don't come in my own name. I I do what the Father does." You understand what I'm saying? I'm co-signed by the Father. My my will is His will. Let His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So now I am an ambassador of the kingdom of God, doing what is done in heaven, right? So why would I allow my heart's measurement to be of this world? so that it can hinder someone else. I was transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and I was renewed of my mind. So a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. His heart means his mind. I'm renewed of my mind through the word of God. Anything that is going to counter that, I'm gonna speak out, but now I have Holy Spirit to help me discern how I'm gonna do it. What I have noticed is that when I'm dealing with humble individuals, Mm -hmm. I know how to humbly embrace them. But when I am dealing with prideful people, um, something in me rises up and I have to bring them down to pay. So we have to come back to reality. Why am I going to argue with a gay man about abortion? You can't get pregnant, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's come back to reality first and then we can start to talk some things. Yeah. But now, am I doing this because I hate you? No, yeah. you're the one who decided you want to have sex with another man. You know you can't get pregnant. I'm just reminding you of the thing you do every day. I'm not wrong for that. That's my But my hard intent is to tell you the truth because you're indulging in a lie. And I'm not going to do that. So for me, it's about measuring the heart. And I even encourage men and women. You know, you don't let the world tone you down um, and, and and take away what the Lord has placed in you. Your personality and who you are, God created you to be that way, but now he wants you to be transformed and renewed of your mind. But who he made you to be is who he wants you to be, to further his kingdom. And we're hindering the furthering of his kingdom when we now want to be what they look like. You know, God don't box people in. If he if made everybody different colors and tones and hair textures, obviously he's creative. It doesn't stop at the outer look. It also is the personality and how you do things, but it is still still worthy to further his kingdom
0: yes yeah i feel like right now it seems to me like the church is being shaken like covid the lockdowns i don't know how it is where you guys live out here in california most of the churches (laughs) are still like you know empty for the most (laughs) part right and it just seems, it seems like things are being shaken. A lot of people who were not very serious about their walk with God, they're not going to church anymore and they haven't been for a while, right? Yeah. And I, I just get the sense that the old priorities of the church are shifting right now, right? That mm-hmm. we're being exposed, the mm-hmm. the shallowness of the discipleship that we've had in the churches, because I'm mm-hmm. just saying this as a pastor and just being real, in the in the church world... It's all about numbers in lots of churches. Yeah, it's like yeah. you just gotta get that Sunday attendance up. And the best way to do that is, you know, hour-long service or less, a nice snack buffet, you know, like all all these types of amenities. And it just seems like to me, I just feel like that model of church has to die. And it we does, need a model of church that is gonna be discipling believers who are serious about their faith, right, who are willing to be tested and to overcome. I just want to ask you guys, where do you see the church headed? Are there any ministries or leaders, pastors that you feel like are doing it really well? And especially, I just want to ask, are there any great black pastors? I just feel like I'm looking for them right now, right?
1: Yeah, uh, you're totally right in terms of the... uh status of where we are as the body of Christ. But I would say that the mainstream mainstream uh, church is being exposed. The real church, the real bride is doing well. The real bride is not necessarily changing. The real bride is continuing to do what she does, yeah. which is to know him, make him known. Uh, the real bride is not caught up in buildings. The real bride is not caught up in businesses. The real bride is not caught up with the fear of men. The real bride has the fear of the Lord. So the real bride um, not as many people as we think. I think that's where the shift and the, yeah. the, the that's what we got to adjust. Uh, what we think is the church is not necessarily the church, but the real bride is doing well, and I believe the real bride is getting a larger platform to come forth. And everything that does not belong is being you know being erased as we speak. Yes. In terms of the future of the church, um, huh, there are genuine people that love the Lord and mm-hmm. that may have been stuck in a I don't know a mega church, for example. And what I believe is happening is that the Lord is bringing all of these different people together. Yes. Together. There's a way that he's doing it because we have to stand as a front. I mean, any army that is just scattered and now Holy spirit holds us together. I understand that, but I believe that there's also a strategic way of literally coming together as one front and standing in this hour. I believe it's happening Uh, in terms of a black pastor they are some out there. there I mean, some. Bishop Wooden is one in in uh, North Carolina. Um, uh, Gabe, I think Gabe gave something. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. They're in North Carolina. They're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but No, but there, they, they're, they are some good. some good people out there. They just they're not as known. They're not, they're not, not the T.D. jaks and the Joel yeah. Osteen that just yeah. have given us a bad name. Uh, but they, they're out there. So if there's fear there, yeah, definitely. Um, and in 2018, mm-hmm.
2: me and oh, I yeah. were praying uh before all of this happened yes. um the lord showed me what he was going to do to the mainstream tur- church and yes. what i saw was like you know in a cartoon where the bully takes the uh the little dork or whatever he's about to you know <laughs> pick on and yeah. he flipped him upside down by his leg and shook his pockets out and took all of his money yeah. Yeah. and then he sent him away and what the lord was showing me is that he's going to take back everything that they have stolen from Mm -hmm. him. There has been so many individuals who have gained off of the name of God, Mm -hmm. uh, putting up a form of holiness, but denying the power. um, And he's exposing them. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but this year it's really been clear who's who's who and what's what. Um, And I also see, you know, the the, the platform that we had last year is not the same as the one we had this year. We're kind of subdued to the back. Um, And really what we're watching is, you know, these, these conservatives that are Christian um, being exposed. We're seeing, you know, mainstream Christians be exposed. Mm -hmm. And what the Lord is doing is dividing his remnant from the world. Um, But the remnant is coming back with a vengeance, you know, Uh, the remnant has to glean off of the Lord now and has to gain the wisdom and strategy. Uh, but the remnant is coming to office because the remnant can't trust Republicans no. anymore. The remnant can't trust, um, you know, what 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 the world is saying anymore, even if they say they're Christian or not. Um, and so those, the ones who understand who they are in Christ, they are going to go out and get things done. Um, there's a pastor in Chicago. Yes his name is um uh, joe uh and it's his church is metro praise international and um i was so incited to him and challenging him uh, to 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 run for office you know we have four years um, and really, you know, for local office two, um, for mayor office four years, things like that. And so it's like, you know, if you have a church and the pastor's solid, you know, get out here and canvas for the pastor, door knock, do what Democrats do. Democrats take elections through grassroots, door knocking, meeting face to face, campaigning like that. And now you put people who are of the Lord in office. Um, and that's something that we didn't. Bother doing because we thought Trump was going to do the job. Um, And then Christ was like, listen, (laughs) I just wanted to show you what I can do. If I could do it for Trump, I could do it for you. But you can't continue to be a Saul depending on David to do the job because if David does the job, David's taking your spot. You got to get out here. You got to get involved. We have to be involved in local politics. Uh, The reality is the culture changes through law. That's how you change culture through law. So when we sit by in our four walls and we don't shift anything, but we just make people feel good, but yet out there you have lobbyists and all of these people getting in, getting into office, getting involved, changing law. One minute you come out of your church and you see a totally different world from the world you when you, when you walked in. And so I believe the church is learning this concept now. I believe what I'm speaking on has been supernatural. The, the Holy Spirit has been supernaturally placing that and uh, the true christians heads to get it like there is a time coming where we have to get out there but right now we're seeing the transition um wealth is transitioning Um, um, influence and all of these things are transitioning. But the Lord said, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Um, So there is a a season for the remnant to come out and take territory and really uplift Christ's culture, uh, because the great harvest still has to happen. And I believe that's one of the ways it's going to happen. But right now, we just need to glean from the Lord. Mm (laughs)
0: well um, my wife and I wanted to ask you guys about your friendship I think one thing you know that's been you know just for me what I have found is like I said this this value it's so much better to collaborate and work together than it is to just go off and do our own thing and that's the Mm -hmm. temptation just being real like as a as a as a leader in the church it's like look we're gonna have disagreements right, about some kind of theologies, there's gonna be some disagreements, there's gonna be disagreements about how we wanna do things, and I've just felt this constant burden that I feel like is from the Lord, like have this value for friends, other leaders, and, and hold on to that friendship, because I feel like when I look at you two, I just feel like there's been such um, a grace for you both in your friendship. I just want you to talk about that a little bit, like how has your friendship been a blessing to your ministry, and how has it been tested?
1: No, you mentioned something earlier as far as Goliath and how, you know, and for me, uh, eight years ago, I had an encounter with the Lord to where I knew the enemy was taunting the armies of the living God. He was taunting the church. The culture was taunting the church. And that led me into a seven day fast. And from there, uh, I just knew I really had to surrender my life to the Lord because something had to happen. Something had to give. I did not know at the time that what uh, the Lord would do is bring along someone that would have the same goal, the same heart. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that at the time. So two years later, when I went, met Bev on the street, I was doing what I knew to do at the time, mm-hmm. which is to just minister. That's, that's all I knew to do. I did not know that out of that, a ministry would bring birth. Mm -hmm. I did not know that out of that, a friendship would come about. Mm -hmm. I I did not know those things. So that's how it started for me. And today I see why. Uh, A major reason why I believe the Lord has brought us together is not only to bring forth this ministry, but this ministry or this heart that we have for the Lord has kept us together Mm -hmm. because there were a lot of opportunities that the enemy presented for us to, to go apart. There were a lot. There were challenges. I've had challenges. She's had challenges. I've had things that she had to rebuke me on, seriously rebuke me on. And I've had things that I had to tell her as well. Uh, those, I mean, it's been, and the personalities are so different. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's only what, when we're in Vegas and we found out one is this way or that way, like the, Temp- college, the temperament, the temperament thing is, oh, maybe that's why. she You know, it's things like that that we're finding out now, but th- we have a lot of bumps in the head Uh, because of that but through that many things happened first and foremost this was amazing training when you want to talk about commitment we could not give up commitment towards our father and we knew that we knew that he had brought us together yeah so that kept us uh, huge and that's actually training for even marriage because now if nothing else we know how to stay committed to something (laughs) we know to
2: yes we know
1: to do that if nothing else yeah you know uh, besides that Uh, I mean, practical things that we learn, even in ministry. She was sharing earlier how she lived in the inner city. She grew up in the inner city. I didn't necessarily have the same upbringing. But when we hit the streets, I knew why people were living that way, because I had learned it and I knew why. She didn't know why, but she had lived it. So the transfer here was for me to find out what kind of experience she had. So I, I started to know what. And for me, it was to tell her why. Uh, because that's what I had learned through the word. So we've been able to exchange, I mean, amazing revelation from the Lord. And that's been another blessing that I believe is, is priceless. It, it is priceless, priceless.
2: Amen. It's, um, you know, I, one thing I will say is that, you know, through knowing Ed May, I was able to walk out my understanding of uh, Christ through his love for his wife and just knowing that, you know, when God has ordained something, um, who are you to separate it? Mm. You know, what, what makes you think you're right over God? How dare you think, Oh, you know, they don't give me what I want. I'm going to divorce them. Like, how dare you? You understand what I'm saying? It, 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 it goes back to when he said, you know, I hate divorce. Mm. Like, how dare you? You made a commitment in a vow and you just, you throw it away. Like I wouldn't even do that. Um, and so I, I learned patience and, Um, respect in a sense of understanding where someone else is coming from, you know, realizing that the sun doesn't uh, rise and set on me and also being able to love someone through their challenges. You know, the hardest thing was, you know, the transition of our friendship because she went from being a teacher Mm -hmm. to being a sister. um, And I think it was hard for her to transition to that place. And so sometimes you know, I'm thinking, you know, I, I would be frustrated about certain things, but then at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, we're friends. You can't give up on this friendship because you went through, uh, some challenges. And, um, I'll tell you, uh, the experience I had with Edmay before knowing her, you know, I, I, relationships were fickle for me, you know? So if someone did something that I didn't like, they were disposable, you know? All right. Bye. Goodbye. Um, but I knew that wasn't the case and I knew that wasn't right to do when I established a friendship with Edna, and she did something that hurt me. But at the same time, I seen how the Lord utilized her humility and my willingness to, to mend the situation. And in that moment I realized, wow, there's a place where a person can make a mistake, but you can still love them through the mistake. Um, and so through all of that, God has, um, Really, we're married to each other through Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. But not in a perverted way Um, through sisterhood. But the Lord has also prepped us for marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll be getting married soon. I'm in a relationship now and I have so I'm so much more better equipped uh, to honor someone else. And I have so much more to give because the Lord brought her into my life to teach me Mm -hmm. and for me to glean off of. So that's helped so much.
3: I mean, even in this video, like, I just, you know, you've probably heard it, and it's not to put you into a certain box, but I just feel this motherly spirit that radiates Mm -hmm. out of you. And it's not Mm -hmm. just in making someone feel good or love, but there's this desire and there's this anointing to instruct and to pass Mm -hmm. on wisdom to them, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like Mm -hmm. so many, so much of this generation is crying out for that kind of spiritual parenting mm-hmm. and yeah. so to see that play out in your in your friendship it's it's it blesses me because I know that when I was younger I really wanted that you know And it, mm-hmm. it just there was nobody I don't know I don't know why but there was nobody right and so to yeah. see that it really even though it's later in my life I still feel the almost like a um, through Bevelin like I feel that transfer of blessing to me too you mm-hmm. know because what you've taught her and what you continue to teach it reaches me You know, it's like Mm -hmm. through second person. Um, And I was going to say, listen to you guys. When you guys were, um, I think it was for the BLM mural. You guys were arrested. But Mm -hmm. even in the place of jail, like Paul and Silas, you're able to minister the gospel and set people's minds free who are in jail. Right. It's so Mm -hmm. amazing to me what God is doing through the, the trials and the testings that you guys go through. But going back to your friendship and as women, What are your guys' thoughts on, because I've been thinking about this, right? Like we have yet to see like feminism is going to come roaring out again and we are seeing it with all this transgender, you're not a man, you're a woman and like all this craziness (laughs) that's happening is breaking down the identity Mm -hmm. and therefore stripping away the strengths of men in our culture. What are your guys' thoughts on how that's affecting our culture and the church? (sighs) That's the Jezebel spirit mm-hmm. full of the, the Jezebel spirit is so
2: powerful because the Jezebel spirit will muzzle and murder murder mm-hmm. the prophets um, and it will make the ones who uh, don't have any backbone subdue mm-hmm. to it. Um, and it will it can take over this world. It took over Israel with, 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 uh, <laughs> you know, but it took a Jehu. It takes a Jehu to counter, um, Ego, the mm-hmm. double so I know what I'm mm-hmm. saying is right. Mm-hmm. It takes a Jehu to counter the spirit. But what I will say now is, you know, the women can counter the feminist spirit, not by, in a sense, yelling at feminists, mm-hmm. but women have an influence um, and they can encourage their husbands mm-hmm. to go after them. Um, At some point, women are going to have to submit themselves and uplift their husbands to take back position and go take heads off. Um, I have seen amazing uh, testimonies. I'll never forget. I heard the story about how um, this is kind of negative, but this is like old school thinking. I remember one time this guy was like, you know, he came um, home, I guess, and he got fired uh, from his job. Right. And... (laughs) So he comes home in the house. And then the wife says, listen, baby, uh, he gets up the next morning, he's headed out. She said, listen, don't come home without a job. <laughs> Guess what? He came home with a job. Uh, that in a sense is a little bit harsh, right? But there is a place of influence that a woman has that can motivate a man to go at it. And I mean, I've seen where men are are bulls, but they they have a wife who's 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 you know a little bit more people pleasing and has tamed the bull so now the bull is trying to hold out but like the bull knows what he's saying is right but at the same time he doesn't want to be offensive because he knows he's going to hear it from his wife that's how much power we have over men and so i believe there has to be a place where women start to encourage women back into position yes uh the reality is this you know no matter what you want to do when you get in that car you have to stay in your lane you're going to get to your destination if you stay in your lane and it's not to say that women need to be doormats no they don't need to be doormats but we have to get back to a place where we encourage our men uplift our men and 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 show them they don't have to be apologetic about correcting and coming against that jezebel spirit it's going to take a jehu to tear down jezebel period the same way regardless of how powerful Jezebel is, she can't get nothing done without Ahab. Mm -hmm. Ahab has the power and position. Jezebel had the influence. And through Ahab, Jezebel got her job done. Without Ahab, she has no job. She was an old worn out wench sitting in a room (laughs) with some makeup on, right? You you need a man. You need a man. So in the same way, when are the Esthers going to step back in uplift and courage and through the power of their leader that god has ordained to be the leader because he made adam first get things done now everybody sees esther as the savior yes but through influence Mm -hmm. it took one signet ring from king xerxes to get it done period once we understand that and women are humble enough to accept that and flow through it we're gonna make some moves that's good Mm -hmm. that's
0: really
1: good
3: yeah that's This whole thing has been concerning me, honestly. I feel like Mm -hmm. that Jezebel spirit has been attacking apostolic ministries. That's right. They usually, they have a mandate, right? From from God and in their ministry. And I've been seeing certain ministries going, oh, now we're just going to focus on loving people better because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hurt people in our community, right? And yes, there's always hurt people. No one's going to do it perfectly. But I've been feeling alarmed like, I feel like their mandates are being abandoned or twisted. And so therefore that, you know, to make it like in masculine, feminine terms, you know, that masculine, like you have a job, like men go out, they kill, they hunt, right? They get the job done, right? <laughs> That's being put down by this justice yes. That's right. And if they're right. being... Um, they're being u- made into eunuchs, right? So that they cannot fulfill. Yes, yes, spiritual eunuchs. Yeah, that's right. The mm-hmm, mandate mm-hmm. that God gave that apostolic mm-hmm. leader, and so I've been like so grieved by that because mm-hmm. it sounds good, it sounds loving. Like we're gonna love people more, but they're the enemy is using hurt voices in the church too mm-hmm. to twist the purposes you know that god had and i feel when it comes down to it like if these leaders succumb to that they have to answer to the lord you know for it and a lot of them That's don't right. realize yeah. it you know
1: you know you're just reminding me of something one of the huge benefits of us being yoked together is that somehow so where the lord's also accountable through that friendship mm-hmm. i believe that the people you're talking about don't necessarily have that accountability around them. Yes. They've surrounded themselves yes through ministry. years of ministry by yes people. Yes. So now they're on an Island of their own. And now again, it's just a form of godliness denying the power thereof. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what you're describing besides the Jezebel spirit, it's also linked to the fear of man. It's linked mm-hmm. to the, 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 love of money. Uh, it's linked to a lot of things. It's just a perfect storm quote unquote, for the enemy to do what he does. Um, so that's, another benefit that I see in the friendship there. Uh, but, but but I'll tell you what, when it comes to Jezebel, the church, that's why it is crucial for each individual to know Christ for themselves. We cannot rely on leadership. We cannot rely on the people that are supposed to lead us to follow, to, supposed to follow us, they are follow, following Christ. Unfortunately, many are not following Christ anymore. Uh, but that's, if nothing else, that's an indictment for us to continue to disciple one-on-one, to not lose to not lose sight of that one component, because I believe that at the end of the day, it's going to turn things around. But right now, uh, if all we have are, are these leaders, then we're, we're toast, Yeah, because they're on that island. And I just want to
2: confirm what we're saying. Uh, I want to tell you guys this dream, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's so profound. I want to um, tell you. So I, I had this dream, and in this dream, I was going on a date, right? And uh, throughout the day, uh, the, the individual that was taking me out, he wanted to just, you know, kind of just treat me really nice and just, you know, love on me and just kind of show his his uh, appreciation for me in a sense. And we would go to like different places. We would go to like the movies and dinner and then hang out with friends. But every time we would transition from one destination to another, he was attacked. And for some reason in the dream, I knew that the attacks coming against him on the way to the date, whether it would be robbery or some bullies trying to get him, um, they wanted to demasculate him in front of me. And I knew in the dream, it wasn't about me. It was about demasculating mm-hmm. him in front of me um, just for extra embarrassment. Um, and I remember waking up from, I, I remember at the end of the dream, I had a uh, a job of nursing him. So he was like mm-hmm. in my arms, I was hugging him and kissing him, but not even in a sexual mm-hmm. way. It was in a way to nurture him, nurture his manhood back. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up, the I realized the Lord has showed me supernaturally what the position of a woman has and what is happening to our men. There is a strategic agenda mm-hmm. to demasculate them. And it's not about us. We're a pawn. Remember, when Eve ate Mm -hmm. of that fruit, Mm -hmm. sin didn't come, but it's when Adam ate it, changed Mm -hmm. everything. Um, Eve was a pawn to get to Adam. Mm -hmm. Um, And no matter how much, you know, God is not, again, Jesus didn't come to change the law, he came to fulfill Mm -hmm. the law, but there are law principles that cannot be shifted The reality is God made Adam first and Eve came from Adam with the womb. Um, But there is something about the hindrance of Adam that changes the course of things. Once we can understand that and we can learn how to motivate through that, I'm telling you, it's going to change the dynamic of where we're going to go,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. And And I truly believe that the Lord is actually opening up the door for that voice to come forth. I'm I'm, for some reason, I'm even feeling it right now, that there are godly women out there who have the spirit of Sarah that are going to stand and say, yes, my Lord, he is the Lord of Lords. Mm. And in the name of Jesus, I see a crop, I see a harvest of godly women that will know to speak that into the life of their men around them and see a shift there. It has to happen. That, that spirit is happen. still there. The, as much as we talk about the spirit of Jezebel, there's also a spirit of Sarah. Yeah,
0: There's
1: also a spirit of Sarah that knows that even when Abraham was not doing what he was supposed to do, even when Abraham lied on her to protect his behind, she still knew to submit there. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's a, there's a, a, a place for us women to stand in that again, not being a doormat because he's the door. And so yeah. we're called to be right after. We're called to be the door. And in the name of Jesus, I truly believe that it's going to shift certain things. And what it does to a man, to hear that you're a man mm-hmm. and you can be a man of God. Mm-hmm. You know what it does to a man? I, I, it, oh my goodness. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see that really it yeah. Yeah. develop.
3: Oh, I feel like crying. You guys are just like ministering to me. I, you know, I think a lot of what I see and personally to have experiences, you know, within the black community, fatherlessness is a, mm-hmm. it's a real problem, right? Like yes. people, when they would, when they would come after my husband, they'd be like, how can you deny there's pain, right? Like there's obvious pain. My friend is crying, you know, in front of me. And, but I'm like, I don't deny there's pain, but what's the source of the pain? Is it really yeah. Is it really from systemic injustice or is it there's a pain in your community? And in the Asian community, too, I've been thinking about this. There's a similar, um, the enemy always wants to cut generations apart, right? And mm-hmm. I'm second generation. And so my parents, there's a language barrier. I can't. I can't speak deeply with my father about heart things and a lot of that generation coming into this country were focused on setting up their livelihoods and working and things like that. And so there is a disconnect I feel largely in my Asian community as well like we don't feel connected to our fathers and fathers give you a sense of purpose and identity and safety and and discipline all these things that make a healthy individual right. Mm -hmm. And so oh my goodness I forgot my question. There's a question here for sure, but, but it's good though what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I guess I wanted to ask you guys to speak into that. Like, I see how the enemy trying to. You're saying like that, like they're running out of um, material. Like Asians are now be mm. like, yeah, I feel like mm. you're a victim, you know. But a, sp- from a spiritual lens, I see why a lot of this is attractive to us because there is a wound in our in our community as well of mm. of that that separation from our fathers a lot of my friends at least I know have abusive fathers or they can't even like I said you can't even communicate with them because the language is not there and so there's that severing happening right and that pain right Mm -hmm. and so I can see why the enemy would try to group us all into one and it touches upon that lack of fathers right that so many of us (laughs) feel are maybe not aware of and even in myself wanting you know, that pressure that husbands may feel like, be more like me, be more compassionate, be more emotional, be a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. happening to them instead of what you guys are saying, our job is to know you be who God called you to be. That's right. You live, you, you've got to live out your mandate because I fear God more than I fear, you know, what I might get out of this marriage or this relationship. Right. Mm, And it took me a long time to come to that place, honestly, but I've been slowly putting all those pieces together, you know? And so how would you guys speak to females who are like, maybe not even aware that there's a lot of, pain from not having a loving safe father?
2: Mm. We can both attest, yeah. you know, people look at me and me and they would be like, dang, like I remember Willie was like, you know, who's your father? Mm-hmm. Um because mm-hmm. he's he he has this thing where he believes a a a, a good woman obviously has a good father, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on the contrary, um we humbled ourselves and we made the father mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. father joseph was an influence to jesus but um jesus never acknowledged joseph mm-hmm. as his father mm-hmm. he even told joseph i have to be about my father's business mm-hmm. you you should know why i'm in this synagogue mm-hmm. um actually having a broken father relationship sets up a great platform for us to just allow mm-hmm. god to become our father in full and People don't believe he can be that, but he can be that. Um, And that's something that me and Ed may have allowed. First and foremost for me, I have suffered from severe trauma, severe, but I laid every single Mm -hmm. bit of my trauma before the Lord. I don't need a shrink. I don't need a counselor. I have the Holy Spirit. He told me that that the Holy of Holies is torn, that veil is torn. I walked up in there. Um, I went to his throne and I gave all of my trauma to him. I, and even if I felt like he knew about it, I told him about it. I said, Father, I'm disturbed. Yes. You know, my dad did this to me, and my mom said this to me, and you know, did this, I, I'm confused about this, and you know, these are my feelings, and sometimes I would feel like I wish I wasn't born. I would lay all of these things before the Father, and he would give me counsel, comfort, and guidance. In everything. And so I, I'm able to walk with the confidence that I have because he has, he's, he's, he's heard me. Um, he's answered my questions and concerns, and he's given me purpose to move forward. And he has been a father. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And he did just that. Um, you know, when I was in that hospital, I will never forget. Um, I had got a tube put in my rib yeah. and I had to fill the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it was really bad. Mm-hmm. And so I was crying. And, you know, for me, even now, if I'm frustrated, I don't go crying to someone else. Mm-hmm. I go in my room and I cry out to God, you know, but he comforts yes. me and he's yes. there for me and he is a father. Ugh. I feel like what has to happen is yes. we have to let go of of what we think things are supposed to be and and take on the father by faith you know sometimes god will put uh uh he wants to put himself in your life but sometimes we're so caught up in our physical dad that we don't want to take on him the the father as our spiritual dad well no my dad is supposed to be this to me he's supposed to be that listen let that go You can't force him to be what he can't be to you if he himself doesn't know God. But now you can allow God to be the father in your life, Mm -hmm. him to be the counselor to you and to guide you. Uh, God has made me more of a woman than my father could have ever made me. You know, Mm -hmm. he's taught me what I speak is because I'm speaking from the heart of the father, Mm -hmm. period. So that's what I I challenge women to do, humble themselves and and accept by faith the father. Mm -hmm
1: yes you know it, it says call no man on earth your father um when i first got saved i i i didn't know much but i i was intrigued with jesus saying my father my father my father my father my father all you saw him say was my father my father and i recall saying lord listen um i think i know how to be a daughter to my mom but i don't know how to be a daughter to my father mm. please show me how to be your daughter mm-hmm. uh, at the time I didn't necessarily know that I could deal with uh, or having my traumas dealt with. I, I was so enthralled with the relationship, the opportunity mm-hmm. of having a new best friend was Jesus and a father and, and entering a new family mm-hmm. that I did not or I was not necessarily aware of dealing with trauma. Uh, and that has kept me for a very long time. Um, Beth was one that really helped you know, uh, as far as uh, exposing some of these traumas that I dealt with because of my physical relationship with my dad. Um, well, part of it. But I'm saying all of that to say that today um, I am going back and 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 allowing father to show me certain habits that I picked up along the way because I've learned uh, for that long to live without that dynamic. Of a good relationship with my father, but I'll say this as soon as I got saved, the Lord put forgiveness in my heart towards my father mm-hmm. right away. I used to hate my father with everything that I was. Um, he did that. Uh, and so, even in my ignorance, He knew how to work His good pleasure in yes. me yes. to where now I'm waking up to the reality of okay, there are a few habits that I picked up along the way, but He's helping me change that. So, however, you get to the father, get to the father mm-hmm. and let him walk with you, teach you how to, again, you're born again. And a brand new baby has to learn how to eat, talk, yeah. walk, yeah. all those things. So that's yeah. the opportunity of doing it right. Yeah, That's being born again. Yeah. That's being in the kingdom of God. Amen. Yeah.
3: yeah, I feel like this is so important for women to hear right now, um, what to do with their hearts. Um, Bethlyn, whenever I hear you mention your father in your videos, there's always mm. this honor and uh a a gratitude you have for him i mean Mm -hmm. i don't i we don't know the details of the hardships that you had with him because i don't feel like it's not that they weren't important but you don't dwell on them anymore like you don't yeah and what i hear is god has transformed and imparted into you um, this gratitude and the honor for him so that you can glean from him um, the, the, the necessary things that you need rather than he's just this place of hurt, unresolved hurt in your heart, right? And mm-hmm. so... Could you guys speak more into um, how we are to deal with, not just with fathers, but you know, parental authority figures? Because a lot of how you relate to your dad, you relate to your husband, you'll view your pastor, you'll view author- governmental authority figures through the lens of your relationship with your dad. So could you guys speak into um, how we are to, I mean, I guess you guys have been, uh, so maybe this is redundant, but the, I think sometimes we need to repent of our bitterness, right? And we need to give thanks for who our parents were in order to receive that inheritance from them spiritually? Um, Because I feel like that's what the enemy is trying to sever from us, right? And so like I was saying, Bevlyn, can you speak into that? What was that process for you to change from your heart is now, like I said, there's so much honor and gratitude you have for him. Well, I, I I can
2: say this first and foremost, I can't speak on behalf of someone who may have been molested or abused by their dad, Um, I think that takes, uh, again, a supernatural, it all does, but Mm -hmm. I mean, a whole nother level of supernatural counseling and wisdom. But I can say this, my father may have not been the best, but he wasn't the worst. Mm -hmm. And he did love me. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, In his own way, the best way he could, but he did. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I suffered more abuse from my mother than I did from my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so the real hurdle was forgiving my mom. Mm-hmm. And even now that my mom still is kind of going through this this battle is still uh, uh, walking daily and just forgiveness and patience. Yeah. Um, I, I had to submit myself to that. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, tell her the truth. Um, but the reason why I'm able to just love, I, I don't know why my my mom would say this all the time. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, she would say, when I, when I held you, you would squirm and wiggle, but when your daddy held you, you would just, you know, you would be all calm. And I mean, I feel like from the womb, I was a daddy's girl. And I believe the Lord had kind of set it up that way because it was so easy for me to transition into being, you know, a daddy's girl with God, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I- I have the ability to see past anyone's mm-hmm. mistakes and understand their heart. At the same time, you know, if you ask me about mistakes that my dad made, I'm not going to sugarcoat mm-hmm. the mistakes he made. And I'm, I'm going to speak what it was for what it was. But I'm going to look past that. And I mean, even with my mother, um, I can look past mm-hmm some of her mistakes and sometimes I do wish she wouldn't continue in them because I want there to be a day where it's all old and we can move forward. But unfortunately that's not the case. But still the Lord has given me the ability to see kind of through certain things. And, you know, you want to see what time it is, but you, you don't want, you, you know, you want to see what time it is, but you also want to see what it could be. You know what I mean? That That's that balance of wisdom. And I, I just, I challenge, you know, a, uh, uh, the mind i challenge people to pray for their not their mind to be renewed and refreshed because i do see there is a place where young men and women can get stuck they can get stuck in individuals mistakes and i find those same individuals never get stuck in their own mistakes Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean it's like for me i know that i make mistakes and i know how to like see past my mistakes and I, i can look at my heart's intent of things and i can forgive myself so at the same time i also realize i'm not I haven't always done things the right way. Sure. And I know I bumped my head a couple of times. So now I can give grace to those who, who bump their heads. Sometimes, you know, your parent may need it to be perfect and may need to do all of this and may also do all of that. But I mean, God has shown uh, he's forgiven you. Absolutely. So how much more should you forgive your parents? Yes. You know, and don't act like you just walking around with sunshine coming out your butt and you didn't make mistakes (laughs) too. You know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that they weren't dead wrong. Some parents are out here be dead wrong. You know what I mean? But at the same time, let's, let's, the way God was willing to forgive us for how we violated him, how much more should we, should we be able to forgive our parents for whatever violations they've done to us so that we
3: can move forward? Yes. 100% 100% agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Really good. Okay, I think we're going to finish there. We just want to say thank you guys, man, so much. This is such an awesome conversation. I know uh, my wife and I, we are rooting for you guys, and we are thank so you. glad to be in the same spiritual family together. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen.
1: We're excited for that. Yes. Where, where are y'all located? In
3: California? We're where in, we're in, yes, we're in Southern California, but we're, we're looking to move to uh, probably Colorado really soon. Colorado Springs.
2: Colorado Springs. Oh, yeah. Why Colorado Springs, though?
0: Uh, <laughs> you can ask. Uh, we honestly feel like the Lord's calling us too. We've had that gotcha. number of prophetic okay. experiences. We feel like the Lord's saying, "Time to move." Listen.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, that's what it is. That's Shit. what it is. That's I, I mean, amazing. I was not happy that it's another blue state, but <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> thinking. Hey, but it's if the a... Lord can do, it, if you yes, want it. to do it. Yeah. Let them do it. Go. It's gonna be good. Yeah, go. but
2: it's gonna be good.
3: I mean, I told my husband, I said, "I gotta go with you because I'm married to you. Like, I don't have a choice. You know how yes, to go. Because you can't stay in Cali. <laughs> I mean,
1: like Cali is better, anyways. But no, it ain't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but God speed on y'all journey. And you. know, we're doing an Iron Sharpens Iron in Southern yes. California. Yes. Tell so us maybe you guys that. could come.
3: Can you um, tell us a little bit about that?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it's on. Uh, it's next week. Sunday next week's sunday right yeah
2: next week's sunday and we can email you over the information yeah and um you're welcome to come um yeah. but it's at six o'clock and i think it's in la
1: rosemead uh, rosemead rosemead i think it's like 40 minutes away from la i'm not sure I'm yeah but definitely
2: southern california yes awesome. so we'll let you know
1: awesome
3: Thank you both right. so much. I, thank seriously, you so you guys much. Are voices of encouragement for me personally, and I know for so many people. And I'm so grateful for the truth that you guys have carried and lived in your heart. And you guys are not afraid to speak it to a dying world that so needs it in this hour. I, mm. I, I genuinely, I love what you guys are doing. And I'm so grateful for you guys.
1: Thank you, sister. Thank, thank you so much. God thank bless you. you. Thank <laughs> you so Bye. much. Bye. 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 <laughs>